Welcome everybody to the Culture House. Today we have Yuri Robinson, the Strategic Planning Chair of the Aspire to Inspire Foundation. Today is not only about motivators but inspirers, but tapping into the wonderful city of D.C., Washington, D.C., focusing on some dynamics that are occurring in there, some platforms that are influencing social change. And today we decided to highlight Yuri Robinson and the Aspire to Inspire Foundation. So without further ado, I'd like Yuri Robinson to introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why we're here today. Hey, how's it going, man? Definitely uh, happy to be here supporting the Culture House and, and telling you a little bit about uh, our organization. Um, like you said, my name's Yuri Robinson. I'm the Strategic Planning Chair for the Aspire to Inspire Foundation. Um, the, the idea of our organization came about in 2016 and in March of this year, we actually went live, you know, released a website and started doing a lot of outreach um, to the D.C. community. Um, so just a little bit about our organization. Uh, we're founded by uh, seven guys um, in D.C. Um, we've been working hard to help provide uh, education assistance, uh, social action and uh, mentorship opportunities to DC youth. And so, you know, we're, we're dedicated to, to seeking funds and uh, delivering charitable services to, to help improve the lives of children within DC. Um, so from the inception perspective, uh, we usually have put on a annual toy drive uh, the December of every year. Uh, and this is when we were just doing this uh, separately, you know, without a, uh, foundation name or 501c3 entity. So we initially um, went to this store called Five Below. They usually sell toys um, for $5 and under um, because we were sponsoring Harriet Tubman Elementary School in DC. You know, we went over there and, and tried to solicit donations from the store to see if they were interested in actually donating toys for our cause. And, you know, the, the first and only question the general manager gave was, you know, are you a 501c3? And at the time we kind of looked at each other. It was foreign language. So that's, was like 501c3. Nah. And so they looked as then our faces like, I can't help you. And so since that day, you know, we started doing research on 501c3 entities and what it means to the community and structure of donations throughout the country. So, you know, we did our due diligence and research and, you know, a couple months later, uh, we had our structure in place and we've been hitting the ground ever since. All right. Sounds good. So tell us what outreach means to you from your experiences, from your community involvement. What does outreach mean to you? I know aside from, you know, uh, the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated that we're both brothers and members of, mm -hmm. which consists of a lot of social involvement, social responsibility, and community involvement, how has that or any other aspect of your life shaped what outreach means to you to then create this platform? Well, you know, outreach to, to me um, is a multifaceted concept. Um, 
throughout you know my time here on earth uh, i've i've gone to a lot of places um throughout the country and just traveling throughout the world and i, I was a big proponent um, of social media um, when i was a, a freshman in college that was right around the time facebook um, started to become popular that was back when you could only have a edu address to to get on facebook and so um, between um, human interaction between social media, between having uh, a nice email distro, um, between doing speeches at certain places. There are all kinds of ways to do outreach. So to me, the definition of outreach is basically getting in front of an audience. And so regardless of how that uh, method is, I mean, this here is outreach. I'm uh, talking to you on this podcast, and it's going to reach somebody that I probably could not reach if I'm just walking around DC. I may, you know, find somebody in California that is inspired by what we're doing that wants to help out. And so, um, all in all, if there are more than one way to to do things, and so, like I said, uh, it's definitely multifaceted. Got you. Okay. Well, you say, you know, outreach is important and this is outreach. You know, there are a lot of platforms that cross where people are able to get into different or other audiences that they may not necessarily have at their feet. But um, more importantly, how big or how, how essential is this platform for the minority crowd, for the minority youth? You know, resources is a big thing in this world. It's a big commodity. Information is probably one of the most important commodities in this world, which a lot of people lack. And, and they're not able to attain certain levels of achievement or success because they lack that resource. And so what does the Inspire to Inspire Foundation, what problem do they solve in the minority community? So give us a little bit of background on how important this is for Washington, D.C., how important this is for the youth in this targeted area that you're starting out in? Oh, it's, it's very important. So, you know, the, the main signature program um, of our foundation is the DC Rhinos Mentorship Program. And so from that perspective, we serve as <clears throat> mentors to a majority young black youth within Washington, DC. And it, it varies between each ward. So we have kids that live in Ward 8, Ward 7, Ward 1, you know, it ranges from Northwest to, to Southeast D.C. Uh, we even have a couple mentees that are in the Northern Virginia as well as Southern Maryland area. And so the, the formation of the D.C. Rhinos program, we specifically named our program after the Black Rhino, which is, uh, of course, an African um, rhino that is almost extinct. And so we consider our mentees the, the DC rhinos because for uh, DC as well as just throughout the United States, you know, um, contributing um, black men in society um, get a bad rap when it comes to, to media. And we seem like we're an odd commodity. And depending on where I go with some of my friends um, and as well as some of my other board of directors, when we are soliciting donations or telling people about the program and it's seven young black men that have formed an organization to better um, their community, um, a lot of organizations are kind of caught off guard. 
And uh, to kind of give an example of that, um, in order to prep for this mentorship program, we uh, actually worked with other nonprofits a year prior to just see how other organizations are doing their mentorship program. And the one thing that stood out to us was that out of all the programs um, that we worked with, you know, we volunteered to mentor um, for other organizations. We were literally the only black males that were mentoring and tutoring. And so, you know, kids gravitated uh, toward us and it was kind of a sign to say, you know, we really need to really get our own organization started and do things the way we want to do things. And so from, from that perspective, we feel like we're fulfilling a need um, for, for kids to have men that look like them to, to help, uh, help mentor them and, and provide and show a sense of, of caring and importance to them. Not to say that other organizations aren't, but it helps to have um, just a, a, a common um, right. even, you know, taking that next step to, to teach anything. Right. And so having someone that looks like you, you know, often I've seen in my experience with different business ventures is that, you know, I'm open to, I'm based on merit. I, I, I like the term and the concept merit because if a person has the skill set, they have the knowledge base, then they deserve a shot at whatever avenue they want to take. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I see in the minority community is that people are discouraged or rather not, not so much as inclined to be successful because they're not seeing people that look like them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that resonation component for, for most young minorities, especially males, mm-hmm. growing up in, you know, inner city areas and neighborhoods where they don't have mentors, where there's not that much of a positive impact. The biggest thing that discourages them that I've seen is that they're not looking to someone who looks like them. Now, in the music industry, you know, music is kind of eclectic. You know, there could be a Caucasian, an Asian, anyone of any race or ethnic background that could produce a good song that everybody will take a liking to. Right. But when you're dealing with business and corporate America and you're talking about the glass ceiling and the glass door compensation and upward mobility, I don't see that same level of encouragement for young minorities when they're not looking at someone who looks like them. Yeah. And it also has to kind of deal with media as well. So, you know, as far as organizations like ours, you know, we're, we're not in the news all the time or we're not on a newspaper or we're not on the, an article with MTV or BET, you know, it's it's rare that you'll, you'll see them. And maybe because, uh, you know, I'm 31 years old now and my priorities have changed that I see more organizations that do what we do um, just because I'm in that industry or, or mindset nowadays. But, you know, to the average 14, 15 year old that's on the D.C. Metro, un- unless it's um, put in their face, they're not even going to know about organizations like us. They're going to go to school and they're going to go home. And unless they're either you know, put into an environment, um, that is, you know, opportunistic for something like this, you know, a lot of them won't know about. And one thing we take pride in for our foundation is that, you know, nobody has to come out of pocket, um, for this. So we, we do a lot of outreach to, to parents and their first question is, okay, well, how much does this cost? 
And we're like, nothing, this is free. You know, uh, uh, all we give is time. You know, uh, a lot of kids want to have black male mentors that they can look up to. So the fact that you can get that for free, um, working with us is, is literally one of our advantages. Sounds good. Advantages are always good when you're thinking about what you offer people that return value. So what are some of the struggles as, as an African-American male starting a nonprofit? You starting your own business or chasing your own dream. What was that foundation like? You know, you got the idea, you know what problem you want to solve. And now you're at the point where it's like, how do I get this off the ground? What do I do? And what have been some of the struggles that you've had to overcome just to see your dream or this idea manifest into what it is today? You know, honestly, I would say there, there are only two things uh, that we've had road bumps with. One is um, funding uh, when it comes to finding corporate sponsors. And then the second one, um, which I wouldn't necessarily call a road bump, but the look that we will get sometimes when we're advertising our organizations. Um, when we've gone to schools or, or gone to law firms or go to possibly find individual donors, we get a specific look sometimes as in they're skeptical as to what we're doing because there aren't a lot of African-American male-run mentorship organizations in D.C., so the first kind of look is, you know, are, are you are you serious? Like you you guys are running this program, and so from that, that's nothing but a we brush that off our shoulders and we we keep it moving. Um, but the the main piece is really when it comes um, to funding. You know, you talked about the the business sense and the corporate mind sense. When it comes to donors, uh, it's all about relationships. It's all about making people comfortable with them giving their hard earned money. To an organization. And so we, we try to paint a picture for what we're doing. Um, we're, we're becoming very big on content so that um, in addition to talking a good game, we can show a good game. So we can show images and, and videos of our recent trip where we took 25 of our mentees to, to George Mason and um, had them participate in Mason Madness and be around the college basketball team and seeing what college life has to offer. You know, the next morning we took them to um, George Mason and, and gave them a campus visit and talked about the academic and social aspects of college. And so we can have all the events in the world. And so the, the content really helps us seek those, those funding mechanisms. Cause you know, when you see pictures of black males, um, raising and helping support and mentor black children is it's a, a truly special thing. And so, uh, you know, we continue to reach out to companies on a daily basis. We know that every company has a specific budget when it comes to community giving. So, you know, we're focused on becoming a priority for those large companies. And, you know, it's a challenge, but it, it's it's also fun as well to see you know, what your limitations are and how far you can take it. Um, when we first started in March, we had $0. And now we have um, monthly donors and a couple corporate sponsors that are donating either money or supplies or food. And it's truly a, 
I would say snowballing in a good way to, to something big. Right. Sounds like growth. Growth is important. Um, how, how, how important is social change? How do you see this organization affecting social change in Washington, D.C., specifically in these inner city youth areas? And not to say that in other affluent communities, there aren't, you know, youth who are in need of mentorship, of guidance, of resources. But how do you see Aspire to Inspire contributing to the social change in Washington, D.C.? Well, you know, when you think of certain cities, um, you think of certain industries, right? So um, with New York, you think of the fashion industry. Um, in L.A., you, you think about the, the acting industry um, or the, the media industry. Um, in Atlanta, it's a lot of beauty um, and music going on. Um, with Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. is literally the center of the world. So with the United States being the most powerful country um, in the world and D.C. being the capital, everything is here. So from a social aspect, when you talk about places where laws are made, where government headquarters are at, where things we can show our mentees that are outside of music, that are outside of, you know, the typical fashion or, or TV, where we, we literally truly believe we are mentoring uh, future lawyers, future chief justices, uh, future CEOs of, of different companies. And so there's so much you can see within, you know, Washington, D.C. I've, I've lived here since the end of 2008, and there's still a lot of places I have not visited. Um, and to have, you know, a kid that lives in Northeast that's never been to the White House or, you know, now that we have the National uh, Museum of African-American History and Culture, we can take them straight there. And I mean, I know people that live all over the country are like, man, I, I can't wait to go see the museum. And we got it right down the street to take our kids to. And so um, I really like the fact that D.C. has a variety of things that can give kids access um, to, to things they just won't usually see. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, I think that's a dope. I, that's a dope concept to have in fruition. A lot of people are creating a lot of things. I mean, you, you look at social media now. People are trying to take Instagram and use that for social change, but I think that's often misconstrued, is misleading, um, and I don't think that anyone really intends. You have people who intend to put things out there to mislead people. It's unfortunate, but then there are some people who inadvertently put things out there and it's perceived in the wrong way. It sends the wrong message. And so, you know, what I'm getting from everything you're saying is that, you know, Aspire to Inspire is kind of a platform that's helping control the narrative. Yeah. You know, it's much like the Black Lives Matter or the Black Lawyers Matter shirt. And not that it sends the same exact message, but it's used to change the narrative of what the minority male or what the, the youth in a certain area can be, um, what they're destined to be or, you know, that they're not limited to the confines of the area and the characteristics of, you know, a ghetto, quote unquote. Um, you know, there's crime everywhere, but when you go to certain areas, you know, people characterize it based on what's going on at that time or based on what's going on 
historically and think it can't change. Yeah, and definitely within the DC, within DC, we want um, our organization and our mentorship program to be a brand name in the sense of usually if you're in conversation and somebody was like, oh, I got a law degree from Ivy League school, that already kind of sets a mindset as to what you're going to think about that person because you know that the Ivy League schools are the, the top schools in the country. And usually when you get out that school with a degree, you're pretty much going to be looked out from a networking perspective, from what you learn, as well as your qualifications to succeed. And so we would like to get to the point where a kid in the future will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I went through the Aspire to Inspire Foundation or sometimes we call ourselves A2I. Like, you know, I went through the A2I Foundation and I went through the mentorship program, uh, the DC Rhinos, that people will be like, oh, I already know you're going to be you're going to be good in the future um, just because we are. Um, offloading a lot of knowledge and uplift, um, whether it's, you know, conversations about um, manhood in general, um, how to treat a woman, financial literacy, understanding, you know, laws and the political landscape and how things get done or not done um, in a city like D.C. for people to um, basically create and mold um, that I would consider the perfect citizen um, when you're coming out of middle school and high school so that you'll be set up for success. Um, and not to say that every kid will go to college. Um, they, they may become an entrepreneur and, and start something when they're 18 and be, you know, the next Mark Zuckerberg um, creating a Facebook or, or something like that. Um, and then just going forward and, and, you know, setting a, a legacy for themselves in the African-American community and worldwide. True indeed. True indeed. Um, if you had advice to give to someone that wanted to be an entrepreneur, someone that wanted to, you know, maybe have a similar impact in another area or a different type of idea, what would be your advice to them? Uh, I would say read. Um, there are so many books that are available, so many websites that are available for information on how to get things started. Um, in addition to that, um, I would say get out the house a lot. And what I mean by that is, um, for instance, if you're interested in uh, starting a shoe business, um, first of all, read what it takes to actually even start a business. Uh, if you're looking for funding, don't hesitate to, to go talk with banks and introduce yourself. Um, be ready for, for no um, a lot because you'll, you'll get rejected on a lot of things, but really just reading what it takes to, to start something, especially, you know, with this nonprofit, it actually didn't take a lot to start. Um, thankfully, um, we have access to a lot of manpower to, to help mentor kids. And then, you know, from the monetary perspective, that's just a, a supplement or a compliment to help us continue things going. But, um, you know, we, we literally just sat down um, wrote down everything we wanted to do, um, read about the best way to structure it, and then uh, took it from there. Sounds like a gold mine, man. Definitely sounds like a gold mine. But something just came to my mind, even asking you that question, is when I'm thinking about controlling narrative, when I'm thinking about resources, when I'm thinking about, you know, like you said, preparing yourself for the no. They're going to be a lot of no's. All you need is that one yes. Right. And so what challenges do you think that you have faced or will face 
when social media can be so toxic. You know, social media has kind of developed this pseudo education arena where people are learning off of people's statuses. And some of these statuses are not credible. They're not factually verifiable. And, And people are now building these maxims and these principles that they live life on based on someone's 140 character post. And right. so what I see is teaching someone, you know, authenticity and, and consistency, due diligence, perseverance. And even when you said focusing on the males, you know, learning how to really embrace manhood and, and how to be that in your community, in your life, in your family, even in your business. But when we're constantly battling that, the toxins of social media, you know, do you see that being a problem or a hurdle for Aspire to inspire at some point? Well, you know, I think in general, it's always a hurdle just because the the narrative that media places on young black men is more in a negative aspect than a positive aspect. Um, but I, I think we roll with those punches. Um, we're, we're really not too concerned about that because we know we're pushing such a positive message that there's really no negativity that can overarch um, what we're doing. And even when we're working with our mentees, um, we kind of help put um, an aspect on how narratives are created with the news and um, what to pay attention and what not to. Um, A lot of the, the propaganda and agenda when it comes to the news isn't controlled by us. I mean, us, I'm talking definitely, about- definitely not controlled by us for real. Yeah. yeah so from, from that perspective, um, I, I really wouldn't even focus too much on other people's narratives that we have to continue to work on creating our own and putting ourselves in a specific space where we can almost ignore Um, what they're talking about because we're focused on some of the positivity um, that we're bringing. And so in general, I I think our, I think the the propaganda, which I call positive propaganda, I think we're working on is great and it will attract people of like mind and and just go from there. That's always the goal, man. People of like mind. There's so many differences in the world. But I think we focus on the differences so much that we ignore the similarities, which could have a bigger impact. You know, so Aspire to Inspire Foundation is up and coming. It's on the rise. It sounds like you guys are creating deep and great impact and longevity. You know, everything that you said tonight, the one word that resonates from everything is longevity, you know, which we don't have in the minority community in a lot of facets. You know, maybe mute. I think we have longevity in things that concern ratings. If it produces more income for the masses and, and, and the masses is in our community, the masses are the record labels, the marketing companies, the, the cable companies, you know, the dish detergent companies. Right. As long as the ratings are good, they're fine. They're satisfied. But that is not enough substance for the community. And so I like that Aspire to Inspire has their hands on and, and you guys are you guys have grasped on longevity and building good solid moral character you know that's very important i applaud you on that oh i appreciate it man and when it comes to longevity um 
a, a reason our organization is going to be around for a long time. Um, one, because um, what, what I would consider our supply or what we're looking for are young black uh, uh, boys in the DC metro area to mentor. They're, they're all over the place. You know, we, we're almost at a, at a point where we have to um, have a wait list for our mentees because we're almost at um, 35 kids, which was pretty much our goal for, for our first year. And so from, from that perspective, um, we'll always have longevity as far as having people to mentor. Um, in addition to that, you know, a, a lot of people around my age are becoming more financially literate. And one thing that's not talked about a lot is that the use of 501c3 organizations in uh, a person's personal financial portfolio is used a lot more in other races other than African-Americans. And so one thing we also try to do with adults that are interested in donating to our program is to talk about how 501c3 donations um, help them financially. And so, you know, there are a lot of articles that you'll read or see things as far as, um, you know, people making donations, reducing their tax deductible income or creating tax write-offs um, in order to better themselves financially. And so we always harp on um, having a person think about becoming a recurring monthly donor. You know, so for instance, if a person uh, donated $25 a month, you know, $25 a month times 12, what's that? $300. That's $300 that you can write off. And so as you donate more, of course, you can write off more. And I think the the culture of donating to nonprofits in the Black community needs to be um, pushed more. That needs to be part of the propaganda and part of the agenda for the Black community, because not only will it help you, but also help you know the people you're donating to, and it'll create a culture of recurringly giving back. And then that'll eventually come back to you, whether it's, you know, when you file in your taxes at the end of the year or people will see what you're doing and they'll also want to do the same thing. And then that $300 turn into $600, which turns into $1,200. And then next thing you know, our organization has multiple essay contests where we're giving away, you know, stipends or, or college scholarships to youth that didn't even know you could write an essay to get free money for college. And so that's the, the type of, uh, uh, propaganda that we're pushing. All right. I'm laughing when I think of propaganda because most people are afraid of the word. And right. so once you put that out there, people stray away from it. And so I, I just think it's dope, like positive propaganda. There's a clothing line named Obey and, and their full name used to be Obey Propaganda. And so it's like, what, do you, what what is the message you're really putting out there? So people are afraid of the word. When you hear propaganda, it's like, no, I don't want to bother. I'm all set. I don't want to listen. I'll turn my TV off. I'll log off of Facebook. People say Facebook is propaganda, but positive propaganda, I think that's a dope twist, you know, on a concept. Um, a lot of people aren't really that skillful to take negatives and turn them into positives. So, well, yeah, when you think about it, you know, the, the, the word propaganda really means, you know, information used to, to promote a particular political cause, right? And so, our cause is for the uplifting of 
young youth in the D.C. metro area. And so we're going to continue to push information to promote that. And I, I agree with you that, you know, propaganda is usually thought towards negative. And so, you know, we're, we're changing that. Anytime we talk about propaganda, we're talking about positive propaganda. And so when we're, we're talking about our mentorship program or we're talking about a toy drive where our mentees are helping give toys to people that are less fortunate, you know, that puts a mindset that usually is not promoted in its entirety. And so, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, to push that information um, that'll eventually, you know, come back once those kids grow up and next thing you know, they're donating because they were a byproduct of somebody else donating for their cause. And so, uh, you know, that's something we continue to push. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like a good structure. You got a lot of things in place. And so if I was in D.C. or for any youth in D.C., anyone that's going to come across this podcast, where can they find Aspire to Inspire? How can they locate you? How can they contact you? If they want to see updates on your movement and the platform that you're building, let us know where we could find these things. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you, you can check us out on our website. Uh, it's org, And then, you know, we have our, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram. It's all at A2I Foundation. And so you can check us out. Definitely, you know, make sure you, you hit that follow button so you can follow what's going on. Um, even when you go to our website, you'll have an option to put your email address in if you want to get more information from us. Um, you know, we're we're continuing to, to build up our signature um, program. You know, next month we're actually teaching our mentees how to build um, model cars from scratch. And so um, we want to kind of get that engineering um, juices flowing and going from there. We'll be doing visits with our mentees at different museums, going to the Nationals games and just exposing them um, to, to a variety of things within the city to, to make sure that there's more than just being around, you know, the two or three block radius of your house, that there's a lot that, you know, life has to offer. Indeed, man. Life has to offer a lot. We got to take advantage of the resources. And, um, you know, on behalf of the Culture House, you know, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to educate us, enlighten us on what Aspire to Inspire A2I is doing in Washington, D.C. and the impact that you may have around the world globally. You know, I think at some point everything has a tipping point where it reaches the masses. It goes beyond that small you know, geographical area that you're really starting in because being a change agent is definitely important. It helps people gravitate to the movement and like everything else that we've seen in our lives, you know, anything that starts so small ends up big with a little bit of consistency, perseverance, and dedication. So, you know, definitely want to thank you for taking the time to educate us on what the platform is, how to locate you, you know, I'm sure the word will be spread of your initiatives and. and oh, definitely, man. I definitely appreciate you having me. You know, I'm I'm always around anytime you want to talk again. I always give some uplift to your, to the culture house community. I know you got here motivating folks, so just glad I could participate. Indeed, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Be sure to check out Aspire to Inspire Foundation all across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media platforms. 
A2I Foundation. This is Leela Mack at the Culture House. We're here to learn something. So tune in out. We'll catch up with you soon.